When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. <laughs> Well, once again, we find ourselves half talking about retirements and injuries and half talking about amazing tennis. Uh, it seems to have been the story of the week so far, but I don't think I can ever remember Catherine Whitaker. In fact, I certainly can't remember because it's never happened in the history of the WTA finals that four players have either retired or withdrawn from the events before the final day i mean and, and in fact in in the whole tournament it, it's this time it was belinda bencic who who started to feel uh an injury on the upper left part of her hamstring I, we weren't sure whether it's cramp or whether it was an injury but she withdrew at 4-1 down in the third set and what was a really fun first set ends up being a somber deflated occasion and we all needed cheering up. How's your day been? Oh, somber and deflated. <laughs> well, what's happened with yours? Misery loves company. Um, found out about a split second before throwing live to the match to the second semi final in Paris that um, Rafael Dahl had withdrawn. Yeah. With uh, an abdominal injury he sustained this morning in practice. I mean, a genuine shock. I, I found out when the viewers did. Yeah, well, I, I saw you. You you were having a chat with uh, Sam Smith, weren't you? And she was interviewing Goran Ivanisevic after Novak Djokovic had just beaten Dimitrov in what looked like a really good match, certainly for a set. It was amazing for a set, wasn't it? Um, and Goran was quite candid about how excited he was about Novak facing Nadal. You know, he he actually seemed to want that match. That was that would have been minutes before you you ended up sort of supposedly bringing Nadal onto the court on Prime Video, wouldn't it? Yes. Uh, I mean, there was a short, a short delay uh, of blissful ignorance um, for everyone um, involved. And then, uh, yeah, we stopped building up to Nadal Shapovalov, which I really think would have been great. I do. I think Shapovalov was, was ready for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, th- then uh, I, I heard in my ear, withdrawal <laughs> go to Sam um, but I wasn't really sure 
Sam Sam Smith of the um, on the ground in Paris. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to Sam for. So I said, "Oh, Sam, breaking news! What have you got for us?" Um, thriller, Sam, and uh, it was not. It was not any kind of thrill. It oh was, dear! Yeah, it was just so deflating. And with, so the, deflating. with, with the most perfect timing. Uh, somebody who isn't here today, Matt Roberts, a message has just popped up on my screen saying, "God, today's been awful." Uh, and <laughs> Matt is at uh, Matt is was was at Fulham today, watching his beloved Fulham FC lose three 0 at home to Hull. Um, so he's had a terrible time. <laughs> Hello, Matt. You're not you're not here. That but... is bad, isn't it? Cheer is up. Is it the universe's payback for uh, for his? His night at the Medeski. Well, don't know. Just speculating. Could could be. What was that? Four one. Oh dear. I shouldn't bring that up. Three nil uh, at half time. Oh dear. Um, three nil after about twenty minutes, isn't it? Anyway. Um, so the the good bits of the day. It's not all bad news, folks. But look, the fact is that Alina Svitolina won through to the final of the WTO finals. After a first set that she was struggling against Bencic, and then Bencic had this problem, couldn't move properly, was really just trying to go for winners or drop shot winners because of an inability to properly move, and then pulled the cord at um, at one four down in the third set. So that puts Svitolina through. Svitolina has now won ten successive matches at the WTA finals, and it's quite a remarkable stat. She'd lost her first two, and she's won the next ten. Um, so she's got a chance to defend her title and win what would be $4.7 million because she's undefeated. Um, and she now faces Ash Barty in the final. Now that, let's all cheer up everybody because that was an amazing match. Um, this was Karolina Pliskova coming out and taking up things where she left off against Simona Halep and absolutely teeing off uh, she was causing Barty all sorts of problems. Barty was playing well. I thought Barty was playing pretty well, but she just she was getting overpowered, and so that made the turnaround all the more magnificent. I think I think the turnaround in that match was one of the most uplifting matches and performances of the year because of what Barty did to get back into it. First of all, she was getting pressure at the start of the second set. And she just about held onto a serve from Love 40 down. One all, I think it was, Love 40. And she managed to hold onto a serve to lead 2-1. And she brought on Craig Tizer, her coach. And I, and I think it was the first time I'd been on a match with him coming on this week. He'd been on in the early rounds, but not the last two. And he was just giving her a few points. It's nothing too major, just about trying to sort of mix up the serve you know it was con- it was like kick one then hit one slide it out and then ki- you know it was all all this sort of variety that he wanted from her and whatever little messages was there something clicked for her because I don't think Pliskova started playing much worse but Barty's dexterity awkward ability imagination and just she she became the worst nightmare for for Pliskova. She was looping balls up high. She was hitting drop shots. She was hitting volleys. She was hitting big forehands, sliced, knifed backhand. She hit a slice winner down the line. She hit two fantastic lobs. One with topspin off her back foot on the on the baseline. Another one sort of kind of like a push lob as she's running full pelt forward and she still managed to control the the lob over the head. And it was honestly. If if that was a, a Federer playing that that 
that sort of performance, you know, be one of those that you want to have the maximum audience for because I don't think there's anybody else in women's tennis that would have produced a performance like that. It was it had everything. It had every shot you can imagine. And it was just it was just so nice to see a world number one showing why she's the world number one in the final tournament of the year. I mean, she's got the Fed Cup to come, but she's into the final and it was just majestic. It was really uplifting to see. And she now faces Svitolina tomorrow. Just Googling highlights of that match because I missed <laughs> it and it sounds great. Have you got um, FOMO? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, sort of retrospective FOMO. I think what, I was that? leading Fear into of missing a, out, a bleak Rafael Nadal press conference while you were commentating on what sounds like the best match of the week. Yeah. Um, Hey, do you want some quirky head-to-head news that you might already be aware of? Go on. Alina Svitolina and Ash Barty have a head-to-head of 5 and 0 oh in Svitolina's favour. Yes, I was aware of that. And uh, That and it, is weird. It is, it is surprising, isn't it? Uh, what I would say is if you look at that head-to-head, all five matches come before Miami this year. The, the most recent one was in Indian Wells this year. And it was three very close sets. I think she won 6-4 in the third, did Svitolina. But I think they haven't played each other since Barty became Barty, is the way I would put it. I like the way you've put it. Yeah. However, that doesn't mean to say it won't have a fact, an impact. Because, I mean, look, she was still the same kind of player. It's, it is really interesting that Barty hasn't managed to figure out how to beat Svitolina so far. Because she's, I think she's a like a better competitor and a a better winner now but she still had all of those shots back then um but you know in in the research for this match i i I watched um a video on the wta website they've got a six a series of videos called my story on the youtube channel of the wta and it's really interesting to sort of get a background into some of these players who i know you know obviously know a fair bit about but I don't know every, I don't know their full backstory. And this ten minute video of, of Ash Barty really delving in to why she stepped away from the sport and explaining that she said, you know, where we live and being that I'm so close to my, my family, etc., when I won Wimbledon Juniors in twenty eleven, she says I just wasn't ready for that. I, it came too soon for me. Um and I, I went on when I went on my first proper overseas trip to Europe for six or seven weeks says I cried every night and I was calling home every night and saying I I just want to come home and you know they spoke to her first ever coach she 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 turned up at this uh, this local tennis club when she was five years old and she'd said oh you know I want to play tennis and he said come back when you're seven uh, because uh, I don't coach them till they're seven Uh, but she says oh please and he just let her have a little go and she was so good he let her join even though she was underage but he said and he he's kept in touch with the family ever since he he was there being interviewed with with her dad rob and and the coach i think his name was jim joyce he said if she'd have carried on one more year on the tour she wouldn't be doing this now he said there's unless she'd stepped away from the sport there's no way she'd have been able to come back um because of of the damage it it would have done very interesting in terms of her her love for the sport would have been broken beyond beyond repair i think i think more As just in she wouldn't have wanted to come back she she couldn't it would it would have done there would have been too much collateral damage mentally 
uh, and psychologically, um, she'd have been she she stepped away from the sport because she couldn't really deal with the the tour. She wasn't ready for the tour, and he said if she'd have spent another year on it, then he couldn't imagine that she'd have been able to put the damage behind her as she was able to. She said what what I did by going to play cricket for for a year or two is. I was amongst. I was. I was still able to have this kind of one-on-one by being a bats by being a batter, you know, by being a batsman. But I was part of a team. It wasn't all on me. And hmm. and and if you think about it, whenever you hear Barty talk these days, she talks about we. She talks about her team, Craig Tizer and her trainer, etc. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we we had a good result, or we played really well, or it's gone really well for us and she talks in those terms and I think that that is a a calculated way of just sort of having an outlook that she feels happy with it seems to me and um yeah I just find her whole story we've talked about it on and off throughout the year but it's it's so uplifting and to see her ending the year like this um getting to the final and and having fed cup on the horizon in in Australia, which she talks about in this video, she's so passionate about playing for Australia. That is going to be an amazing occasion next week. It certainly is. Yeah, it's, it's really whetting my appetite for that. I'm just making a little mental note of going to watch that YouTube video. It's so <laughs> it's good. A list of uh, things David Law has told me I should watch today. Um, because she, we all know that story, and it, it it's such a great story of her leaving tennis I mean difficult to to hear in in some respects it's only a great story because it's ended it's ended so positively um you know there's another world in which it's a it's a horrible story I suppose but thank goodness it's not um but she doesn't like telling it she really doesn't like telling it and I really really get that she's she's not a dwelling on the past kind of a person she's not a sentimental kind of a person you know it is what it is and let's get on with business um so I get why she doesn't like telling it but (laughs) I also get why we'll want to hear it so I'm I'm glad there's a there's kind of a definitive telling of it that's it out there that's what it is makes sense yeah that's what it felt like to me because I knew snippets of the story but this really put me in the picture from her Mm. from her mouth really and uh I, I, it really struck me because a couple of days ago, I think it was Tennis Australia who sent out a, a press release announcing a new campaign that she was going to front. Um, and and it, was, it was all about keeping young players, particularly young female players, in the sport by when they pick it up, when they pick up the sport, not feeling alone, not feeling pressured by societal expectations not feeling pressured by peers but playing for yourself playing for the the love of the sport and she she is fronting this campaign and and it's 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 great to see somebody who's had a tough experience like that who's who's going to be able to to direct things in a way that might have helped her and now might help others and i i believe i mean i'm sure it's the case in all countries but i believe i'm i've had conversations with uh, australians involved in Australian tennis and in other sports as well about the fact that they really feel in Australia that tennis loses out to to team sports that kids yeah. are so sporty in Australia they'll play they'll play lots of different sports any tennis any young tennis player in Australia is probably also on a cricket team also on an Aussie rules team also on a netball team and there comes a point where they have to have to make a choice 
and often for for completely understandable and pretty obvious reasons tennis will lose out to team sports because as a kid unless you've unless you're unashamedly um have that raw competitive animalistic Rafael Nadal-esque desire to ruthlessly win everything the the lure of team competition and being with your mates and and everything being being fun competitive but also fun and all the rest of it you know that's that's obviously appealing to to a kid so um I'm not saying that doesn't happen elsewhere but I think in Australia where kids are so sporty um and they have all these options at their disposable I can I at their disposal I can I can see the issue Mm. choose tennis kids yeah well she did and she's I I I just think I just love watching her play and love her story and she now faces Fisalina tomorrow what do you what do you feel now that Ben Shich your pick is out sorry um, who do you think is going to win well I would I definitely definitely would have said Barty um, until I saw that head to head but then you've talked me out of the significance of that head to head uh, I think Barty. Okay. There we go. I've talked myself around in a perfect circle. <laughs> I think Ash Barty. Yeah. What okay. do you think? Well, so I do too. I mean, I've got. Did you pick Barty? Did you pick Barty before the tournament? I did. At the outset, yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked Barty. David Law picked uh, Barty to win the title. Uh, Matt Roberts. The video function on FaceTime at the moment because <laughs> I can see David's face and it's annoying. Matt Roberts picked Svitolina, so it's a head-to-head. Uh, here on the tennis podcast. Um, incidentally, the uh, the women's final is well, sorry, the doubles final is Tamea Babosh and Kikim Ladenovic. Babosh going for three in a row um, in uh, in the WTA finals are playing against Shea Suey and Barbara Stritzova. What a fantastic doubles oh. final that is in prospect. That's brilliant. Do you know, I mean, anything involving Shea Suey yeah, is brilliant. And, I mean, Shea and Stritzova. I mean, can you just imagine? But the, um, the, I, was, I was talking in commentary with Joe Jury about the prize money that those semifinals, single semifinals today, literally had $1.1 million on them each, just those matches. So, you know, if Benchich had managed to just... put one foot in front of the other? I don't know. I don't know. It's incredible the, the, way, the way it ratchets up like that. And she, when we went to a commercial break, Joe said to me, what do they get for the doubles? I got to the final of the doubles in 84. And uh, so I, I had a look back and what they got in the doubles back then. Um, she would have got. She would have shared twenty three thousand uh, dollars with her partner for for getting to the final. These days, the defeated finalist in the doubles tomorrow will receive five hundred and twenty five thousand dollars between them, um, and the champions will get a million. So wow. it's pretty massive. This tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, the, this is the is it richest. Too late to enter. <laughs> I think you've you've just maybe they they need they seem to be needing a lot of alternates. I reckon I can make some phone calls. Yeah, well, if you can get that Lamanga forehand going, maybe you maybe you'll have a, ch- a chance of winning a point or two. Anyway, 
Um, so whilst all that was going on, uh, so the final tomorrow is uh, the women's final. Double, doubles final is at 4.30 p.m. local time, which is in the morning here, UK time. And then it's 11.30 UK time for Barty against Vitalina tomorrow. Uh, that's on BT Sport. And it's all um, going to be pretty emotional because it'll be our final ever broadcast of tennis on BT Sport before we hand over the baton to you, Catherine, on Amazon Prime Video. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if a, uh, a Totes Emotion video montage has been prepared? I, I dare say. Because they, they kick me right in the guts, they yes. do. Well, it's been really good fun, I have to say, the last six and a half years. So uh, one more go at it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm commentating, so I can't wait. It's going to be great fun. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Ooh. Um, now, meanwhile, you did have one match to, to witness today, <laughs> which was <laughs> Grigor Dimitrov in action against Novak Djokovic yeah. and it was pretty close for a while wasn't it uh it really was yes it was very very close throughout the first set really high level from both of them toe to toe really uh good serving no break points for either I don't think certainly no break points for Djokovic he didn't face any today and that was something that Goran Ivanovic was delighted with after the match um, he's moulding Djokovic in his image, is Goran, and couldn't be more pleased about it. Um, so yeah, we got to an inevitable feeling first set tie break, and Dimitrov was really on it. He was he looked so in the zone, you know, 
hugging the baseline, just looking so confident and in the moment. Didn't it like his mind was running away from him until <laughs> uh, until he gets involved in a pretty prolonged rally, hits what was so n- nearly a win. I mean, I could be describing so many significant points involving Djokovic over the years, but um, Dimitrov is on top throughout most of the rally. Djokovic is scrambling away at the baseline. Dimitrov hits what would have been a winner against anybody else. Djokovic scrambles it back, lofts it in the air. Dimitrov's looming at the net, looking threatening, only has to put away a drive volley and uh, hammers it into the tram lines. And at that moment, you know the set is gone. Yeah. Or, yeah, it but was I, I saw Andy that Roddick rally. forehand volley yeah. Wimbledon final-esque. But, you know, um, what, whilst I, I saw that, that rally, and you, you're, you're right, you're thinking, come on, Grigor, just put it away, man. Um, you're playing that well. <laughs> but that's what Djokovic does to you, isn't it? Yep. Isn't it? He shrinks the court and he makes you feel like you've got to swipe at the ball maybe in with more on it because the bloke's going to get there. Yeah, it felt to me like he was goading uh, Grigor Dimitrov for... For the whole match, really, goading him to miss. And uh, Dimitrov hung tough pretty well. I love this. I love that he suddenly twigged, hey, I'm a I'm a better athlete than pretty much anyone, even the really great athletes. I love that he suddenly, well, maybe it's not sudden, but it seems to me like he's twigged that that's not only a, a benefit in itself, but a, a, a benefit he can double down on because it can give him confidence in a match. Hey, d- don't worry make it physical, make it long, you can you can hang with this. And um, he was sticking longer than most would in the rallies. It was a 35-shot rally on set point. And my goodness me, he did well. It was, again, how many points matches could I, could I be describing here? But it was a rally that Djokovic felt, you felt like Djokovic had no right to win until he did. And it was mesmerizing and by the end of and that they were both absolutely puffing yeah. for air, both of them i've never seen dimitrov look like that before at the no. end of the rally he looked no. like he I was mean, going mean, pass and, out and you know djokovic has a dreadful lurgy i mean he really sounds ropey um and i i wondered whether i mean as sublime as he was yesterday against Sitsipas, it was obviously no no kind of physical test whatsoever 58 minutes i really thought if if Dimitrov could make it really physical today, um, he stood a chance just because of how depleted Djokovic must be physically. But um, Djokovic answered those questions now, and then some. Last night, uh, we, we obviously didn't cover the last two matches last night. Joe Wilfred Songer, who incidentally has been a really good news story this week, he, he pushed Nadal for a while, didn't he, last night? <clears throat> and uh, and it's a shame, really, that, that, that Nadal's pulled up lame with this uh, this abdominal injury today but it's nice to see Songa able to play again and play well um but then Shapovalov absolutely thrashed Gael Monfils and I mean it was like two and two wasn't it and Monfils had to win that match to qualify for the ATP finals which is you know it's it's quite a shocking scoreline on paper it was quite a shocking match to watch um particularly for the uh, Parisian crowd who looked completely shell-shocked about it. It's, you don't think of Gamalfis as somebody who gets nervous, but he must have been. Nerves must have played a part in that. And 
I don't think nerves, not just out of desire to to reach the semi-finals, but of course he was. It was a straight shootout at that point for for a place in the in the ATP finals. Win that match and you're in. Lose it and you're out. So Berrettini is in. Um, I just I don't think I don't think Monfils is a very goal orientated person. I don't think he deals well with putting the focus on results. No. He's about the journey, not the destination. He needs to step onto a tennis court and think. Do you remember when Kyrgios, um, it was that match at the US Open, possibly the first round. Was it the match against Steve Johnson uh, in the first round when he came out and said, it's 11 p.m.? He was asked from a walk-on interview, you know, what's your plan here? And he just said, it's, it's 11 p.m. in New York. My plan's to put on a show. Well, that is how Monfils approaches every tennis match, yeah. right? I don't think he walks out thinking it's whatever time it is, I'm going to just knuckle down and try and win this tennis match. So the fact that yesterday must have been more about the result for him um, than than he's used to. I don't... I, he didn't didn't respond to that well at all. He's a he's a journey guy, not a destination guy, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And actually, if you think a couple of rounds later, we had Kyrgios losing to Andre Rublev when the the draw was opening up, and and he he couldn't yeah. deliver either. You know, yeah. When it was really, we don't need to relive that. No, okay. <laughs> uh, but hey, Shapovalov was awesome. He was awesome, and now really awesome. Uh, we've had an email from Ryan Caldero, who's who likes the show, uh, but he does think we're too hard on some of the next gen, including Shapovalov. Um, well, he's withdrawn for the next gen finals, so is he next gen? <laughs> uh, I think it's good decision um, overall. Uh, that personally, I think. Um, I th- unless he's going to go there and win it like Sitsipas did last year. I mean, what do you think? Should he have gone on and just tried to win it? I I don't I don't think should. I'd have liked to see him do that. But I think I I'm perhaps clouded my view of it is clouded by the fact that I I think I'm just still annoyed about the fact that he withdrew last year. I think he should have played last year. Yeah. I think last year he had got ahead of himself, thought he was above the next-gen finals. I know there was a lot of pressure on him to play. They really wanted him to play last year. And he ended up kind of, you know, we talked about it at the time, didn't we, that that Sitsipas, Dumanor, particularly Sitsipas, obviously, it was it was a milestone to tick off, wasn't it? You rock up there, you're expected to win, you win it. That's That box checked, then you move on, exactly what he's done this year, qualified for ATP finals. Well... I'm sure that was Shapovalov's plan last year. I'm sure he was thinking, well, this time next year, I'm going to be be at the O2. So my sights are already set beyond Milan. Um, so in isolation, I I don't have any issue with him withdrawing this year. But in light of the fact that he didn't play last year, maybe it would have been a nice nod to that event. I don't know. I do, I have formulated the... Um, hypothesis the view that a player should only be able to qualify for the next gen finals once yeah i quite like that i quite like that and it's a good way of introducing new players isn't it um the uh, the atp 
next gen finals. But anyway, he's not playing. But he is playing tomorrow against Novak Djokovic. Now it's always been pretty one sided between those two. Uh, do you feel? And do you? I mean, did you speak to Daniela Hantakova and Greg Rosetsky? Has anybody got a view that maybe this could be different at all? I've got a view that maybe it could be different. Go on. Usually you're quite dismissive of Shapovalov against oh, Djokovic, no, really aren't you? reeled me in again. <laughs> Go on, hit me um, with it then. Well, if he plays like he did yesterday, he has a chance. Unquestionably. It's a huge if, and Djokovic is the heavy favourite. Um, and he's done such a good job in their previous meetings of exposing that that backhand side, the big swings he takes on on the backhand side, but Shapovalov can can take the ball out of the racket out of Djokovic's hands, can't he? At his best, he can just wrestle control of a match. And 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 why are you making that face at me? Because can he do that more than Dimitrov did? Yes, I do think he can. Mm. Yeah, I mean. I sort of think he can and, uh, as look, well. Dimitrov is two points away from winning a set and maybe more today. I, 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 yeah, look, I think if, if Shapovalov came out and really played lights out tennis, I think, he, I think you're right. I think he could certainly win a set and for a while dominate. Even, even Djokovic, he could dominate just because he does have the most extraordinary power off both sides. Uh, and he does seem to be putting patterns of play on top of that as well. He's got quite a big mental issue here against Djokovic, hasn't he? Because that's a number of losses where he really hasn't shown up in a row. So the the, the absolute bare minimum that you want to see is a grown-up performance. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Look, if this were a, if this were a Grand Slam match, I wouldn't even be um, countenancing. Well, maybe countenancing, but I wouldn't be giving Shapovalov much chance because I do think he still has to push pretty close to his limit um, and his capabilities to to challenge Djokovic. And I just don't think that is sustainable for three out of five sets. Best of three, I give him a chance. A, a mm. chance. Okay. A little chance. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. And we'll be back with another tennis podcast tomorrow to find out what we've thought about it all and the uh, the WTA final as well, as well. And Matt will be back head in hands after Fulham's humbling at the, the hands of Hull. Um, hey, it's a good day for football. Right. Uh, yes, Catherine's Reading have finally got a win today. Uh, I've seen... Really finally. Well, to, it's true, isn't it? Seven points from nine. What are you on about? Is it? Okay. Ten points from what? Seven points from seven nine. Seven points from nine. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. Uh, I saw... I've seen a, uh, an episode and a half of Succession now um, and I've figured out that you don't have to put a DVD in in order to watch it. Marks that a 10? Solid 8. No, it's, it's, I mean, look, I did, I've fallen asleep both times I've tried to watch it so far, but that's nothing to, to do with the quality of the show. It's clearly very, very good, and I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. No, we remain friends. Yeah, it's no Boston legal, but, you know, it's pretty good. Um, so... That's the Tennis Podcast for another day. We'll be back with another one tomorrow. Brought to you in association with The Telegraph, executive produced by TennisBalls.com with our mascot, Rio, with a Y. 
Uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. Sign up to the newsletter um, by scanning down on your phone and just clicking subscribe on there. You'll get it for free once a week and daily during the slams. And we're going to be daily at the Fed Cup final. We're going to be daily at the ATP finals. We're going to be daily during the Davis Cup finals. Crikey, I'm worn out just thinking about it. But that's what's going to happen. Uh, and I hope you enjoy listening to them. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 